What up, Stalemates? Here we are back. Another weekly episode, Stalemates Weekly. I think we're going to drop the T because we're just going to talk about whatever happened in the past week of wrestling. So let me know what you guys think of that. Before you watch this video, though, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, comment, all that. We need to let YouTube know that you like what you're seeing so that way they'll suggest ourselves to more people. I don't want to keep harping on it. Just freaking do it. Let's get into it today. But before we do that, we got a new sponsor. We got a good one. I like this one. I've had people reach out trying to do sponsorships and stuff. And at first I said, yes, yes, yes. I do it, do it all. But then I thought, you know, if I don't really like it, if I don't really believe in it, this and that, obviously that whole spiel, right? I'm not going to do it because it when you when you make a good piece of content and you go back and do it, you're like, man, that just doesn't really sound like me. That doesn't really sound right. And the last thing I want to do is do anything that's going to harm my relationship with the audience when they can tell, because you guys can tell more than anybody probably if it's something that I'm truly into or something that I'm not. So I was approached by these guys, and as soon as I heard about it, asked around, wanted to do it. Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camp this summer, June 22nd through June 25th at the Vienne Venue Cedar Falls, Iowa, and July 13th through July 16th at the BN Venue Cedar Falls, Iowa. 2021 Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camp. Iron Sharpens Iron is unlike any camp you have ever experienced before. Bringing in the best technicians in the world, wrestlers will stretch themselves from tough to tougher while still having a blast. As the biggest K-12 wrestling camp in the country, ISI offers students the opportunity to be equally matched with other wrestlers from all over, offering the best opportunity for growth. Your camp experience can be shaped to be exactly what you want it to be with additional optional training sessions, affordable meal and lodging plans, and fun nightly activities. We guarantee you and your team will be counting down the days until your next ISI camp visit. Okay, go check them out in the link down below. Click the link, check it out. If you're a wrestler, if you have a wrestler in your house that needs to get better, say, hey, quit being a scrub. Go check out Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camp this summer. Also, of course, the Barbarian Boys, okay? Go check out Barbarian Apparel for all your custom apparel needs. Josh will take care of you all the way out in Cincinnati. doesn't matter where you live, though. If you live in Arkansas, Pennsylvania, Texas, Colorado, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio, doesn't matter. Barbarian Apparel will take care of you and your team, get you looking fresh. They take care of us. They, they send us all their new stuff. They send us anything we want for. Josh hooks it up. So we appreciate Barbarian Apparel. Okay, first of all, let's talk about the Tom Brands hot mic situation. I think people are making this a bigger deal than it really needs to be or really is. Uh, so I originally saw the clip from a man, DPS Breakdowns. Uh, he posted the clip. I think he just pulled it off the broadcast. Um, he just pulled it off the Big Ten broadcast, and people were... No, I don't think People must not have caught it when it originally happened because there really wasn't a lot of talk. And so then DPS posts it. And I watch, I'm like, this is this is hilarious. And so, you know, I know how social media works. I think it's something like 80% of people who watch videos on social media, they do not watch it with the sound. So 
I want to grow our Instagram. And so I know that if you add subtitles to your videos, it does a lot better. So what I did was I put subtitles to it, posted it on our Instagram, and it's by far one of the most popular things we've ever posted. Um, let's see here. Uh, close to 2,000 views. It'll be 2,000 views probably by the time you see this, uh, which is good for us because we don't hardly put that much effort into our Instagram. We are trying a lot harder lately. But 550 people sent it to somebody. Uh, 119 profile visits for us. 77 bookmarks. Anyways, it went crazy. And when Dan originally had posted it, I don't think as Dan DPS breakdowns, I don't think it really did that much. I think, you know, I could go back and look and scroll through and try to find it, but it, it didn't, nothing really, um, he got 127 likes, but he, he does have a smaller following than us. And this isn't to knock him at all, but what usually, I mean, that's enough to, to really go viral. The comments really didn't, I mean, they were, they were kind of, you know, saying whatever, saying this is amazing, kind of back and forth. But then once I posted the subtitle clip that we made, so we're not the ones that really put this out there. One, it was on the Big Ten Network broadcast, which is, you know, probably the most watched tournament so far this year. Uh, we'll, we'll probably be the most watched outside of Nationals after Nationals is over. So it was on the Big Ten Network broadcast. Then the clip gets posted on Twitter, and then we added subtitles. And once the subtitles got added and it got put on Twitter, that's when things really went crazy. Ben Askren retweeted it right away. And after that, you know, the clip now for me has 674 likes, 92 retweets, 36 quote tweets. And I'm kind of going through some of the stuff. I'm trying to gauge. And, and most, most of the people that are commenting on this or, or giving their commentary, their take on, on this whole thing, the hot mic situation, are like they, they like most people know who Tom and Terry are, so it's just funny. If you already know them, it's funny. But then there's people saying, you know, this isn't good for recruiting. This is, uh, you know, imagine. And all, all, all respect. Uh, I believe as Nick Ryder said, if this happened in other sports, you know, something like there'd be a suspension. Yeah, it'd be the lead story on all the news or whatever. And then it got me thinking. I don't think it's as big of a deal as most people think. It's becoming a big deal because we finally, we never, like in wrestling, we don't ever get, you know, ESPN or CBS or Big Ten Network to mic up coaches. And this is how they talk. Not all of them. Mark Hall jumped in the chat and said, you know, Kale just is over there yelling, shoot. But Tom and Terry aren't alone talking like this and if you're surprised or if this shocks you or whatever do you not know that these guys are wired differently than you and me that's what you get that that is that is the that is what you get when you get tom and terry they are 100 percent who they are at all times and i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's a great thing you know you have to be authentic if i'm an athlete or anything not even an athlete but if if i'm Anything in life, if I'm going to work for somebody, if I'm going to get coached by somebody, I want them to be 100% them than rather be some sort of snake in the grass or, or somebody who's not them. They are who they are. I've met Tom once when we did the interview. I met him like, like not even, probably 20 minutes before my first question in the interview. You can go back and watch it. It's our most watched video we've had. But from the time Tom walked into where we interviewed him and the time Tom left, he was him. 100% him and I, I don't actually 
I don't actually think Tom was the one who said that. I think it was actually Terry. I don't know that, but it sounds a lot like him. It could have been a fan. That sounds just like him. Who knows? But it's 100% them. And, and then back to the point of, you know, if this happened in other sports, whatever, this does happen in other sports. If you've ever watched a football game, it happens a lot in other sports. It happens probably more in NBA and NFL combined or individually than it does in wrestling. I don't think I've personally ever witnessed a coach get ejected in a wrestling match. I don't think I have. Not one time. I've been to a ton of different college wrestling meets. I've been to a ton of high school. I don't think I've one time seen somebody get ejected. And I don't think that's necessarily on the refs. I just think for the most part, coaches are pretty tame in the corner. When you see in the NBA coaches getting held back by their own players from supposedly going out and trying to fight the refs or the opposing coach, whatever, like that is extreme. And it doesn't, people don't really care when that happens. Like, yeah, it might be, you know, on the highlight reel on, on Sports Center the next day. Ed Orgeron, or whatever, how are you saying it? Ed Orgeron? Ed Orgeron for you or for uh, LSU said, Roll Tide, what f you? And no suspension. I think he went on to win a national title that year, or maybe that was a national title game. I don't know, but people don't, people laugh. So I get it. It's not for everybody. Not everybody wants, you know, a coach like that, or not everybody subscribes to that. That's kind of the Tom and Terry way or the Iowa way is you either love them or you hate them. They're, they're polarizing. And to me, this doesn't really change my opinion of, of Tom or Terry at all. And I'm not even, a, I'm not even an Iowa fan. I'm an Iowa state fan. You guys know that. And today South Dakota state fan, but let's not make this a bigger deal than it is. I find it funny. Somebody said, how is this cool? I don't, I don't say it was cool. I think it was funny. Like, this is just like, this just proves that Tom and Terry are wired differently. Both of them are wired differently. You can tell Nelson wired differently. Hawkeye fans or Hawkeye supporters, whatever, wired differently. Just like Penn State or whoever else, everybody's got their own niche. This is them. They're passionate. They're loyal. They're diehards. This is what the sport needs. You, you need all these different characters. You need the Penn State's people who are, you know, they're kind of more, well, I don't want to say, they kind of elitist in a way. Then you got Hawkeye fans who are gritty, polarizing, whatever. You got all, you know, Oklahoma State fans, Southern, shoot them up, bang, bang, all that. This is just another character in the game. Let's move on. All right, next up, Life University breaks Grandview's win streak. I don't know how many years in a row it was. But I do know that Nick Mitchell has been just running in AIA for like 10 years or so. And when the first session ended, Life University was in first. And it was kind of one of those things like if you like even at D1 uh, level, you know, after session one, there's some funky team places. But then as things kind of shake out, things kind of, you know, they go away. They kind of mold into how they should be, I guess. But then, you know, after session after session, Life University's there and you know towards the end it started to become a real reality and i'm texting my i got you know a lot of friends that go to grandview or went to grandview and i'm like hey omi's coming omi's coming and sure enough after the final uh match the final finals whatever it's called 285 you know grandview had a chance i think they had a pin to win or tech fall at least to tie or i don't know so it was it was within range 
And it was a Rapsky. Omi did it. Omi was one of the first coaches that we had on, or the first head coach that we had on our show. And this guy's got it. And, and this is just also kind of a compliment to, to Grandview and Nick Mitchell for how much they've raised the bar throughout the years. Omi's a product of him. This feels, you know, Nick Saban-esque with, you know, Kirby Smart and Dabo or whoever else is under that tree. I don't exactly know football as much as I know wrestling, but this feels a little bit of, a little bit of apprentice-esque. And, you know, I'm curious to see what Nick Mitchell does from here. I'm sure he's, by any means, as far as I know, everything I've heard about this guy, he's competitive. And I'm sure he's going to come back swinging even harder next year. You know, Grandview's not going anywhere. And, and what life has built, you know, if you coop, if you couple up Life University with the South and how Georgia wrestling is doing and everything that they're doing in the South, this is good for the sport. You know, they're down there in Atlanta, and they're going to put wrestling on the map for a lot of kids down there. And uh, I love to see it. Check out this video that I saw on Omi Acosta's Facebook, and uh, check this out. It's pretty cool to see. Moving on next, the AJ Ferrari final. Honestly, this this might have been the highlight of my weekend. Uh, not that I'm the world's biggest AJ Ferrari fan or anything. I don't. I think he's. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's entertaining. I think he's great for college wrestling. But what I enjoyed most was AJ Ferrari is going against Buchanan from Wyoming, and Buchanan is a good wrestler, talented wrestler. Obviously, made the finals. That whole weight class was was stacked at 197 in the Big 12. But AJ Ferrari, I think from the minute the whistle blew to the final, like even in the final two seconds, he was trying to get the major because he had to get bonus points to to get the outright title for the Cowboys. And from the minute he went out there to the second it was over, he was trying and trying and trying. And and what I liked about it was you don't see a lot of mid match, you know, crowd pump ups or celebrations or or whatever antics, whatever you want to say. He was like trying to get the crowd pumped up. You know, there's limited capacity in there but imagine if that place was was full to the brim at, at the Bach arena down in Tulsa what that would have been like I think by the end of AJ Ferrari's career he's probably going to earn himself you know a spot in, in Oklahoma State history and you know having his they had the whole AJ Ferrari father cam or dad cam the whole time it was up there almost as he almost got as much airtime in the finals as AJ did but man it was cool to see it's cool to see you know I think I think a lot of a lot of college wrestlers they have this moment in their career where they go from being this freshman to hey this guy's a star and you know he had a lot of he, he's had a ton of moments so far whether it's going at ben Askren or jordan burroughs or gable stevenson or whoever it is he, you know even the viral tiktoks and this and that but this was something on the mat that i think won over a lot of fans and uh i didn't know i wrote this in the in the uh all electric first team article. I didn't know if he'd come back from thigh pride gate or going after Jordan Burroughs, but I think, you know, after this match, after this performance in the finals, I think he earned himself a lot more fans. Uh, Gable Stevenson, Mason Paris. Um, I think it was kind of underwhelming, you know, just from a fan perspective, it's underwhelming because 
It's it's almost like the same thing with with uh with Spencer Lee and his division. Is it Spencer Lee and everybody else? And Spencer Lee doesn't even have a Mason Paris. I don't, in my opinion, he doesn't have a Mason Paris in his weight division that we can kind of like look forward to that match. Like, there's really not a guy at 125. Maybe Sam Latona. Like, we're excited to see, but after seeing what what he's done to everybody else, it's like okay, the, like just give him the trophy already. You know, he did get taken down, but after that, it was like okay, you know. It, now what? Uh, but the Gable Stevenson made some Paris thing. It's like we we thought we had this matchup that we all thought was gonna be, you know, the next Gable Stevenson Kassar or whatever. But it ended up not really being that close. Uh, not at not at any point or any moment was Gable ever in danger. I don't think at any moment he was ever worried. Uh, you know, at the end he cut cut his promo, you know, cut off, uh, who was that guy? Who was the guy, the big 10 announcer interviewing him? I don't know his name. I've never seen him before, but you know, he kind of cut it off and ran. I did. I did like that. That was kind of cool. It's the Gable Stevenson show. What are you going to do? You can't stop it. If you don't like him being a heel and doing all that, what are you going to do about it? Not a damn thing. Uh, real woods, last chance open. Okay. I tweeted the, the tweet, the dresser laughing thing. Where's the outrage here? And I think, I, you know, I, what you're going to say is, well, when Dresser did it, he went out there and had his guys take forfeits to his own wrestlers. And, and Dresser's story, he says, you know, well, that wasn't supposed to be the case. Julian Burderson got a car accident. Uh, someone else was sick, yada, yada, yada. But that was different because the last chance open that Dresser held that everybody got so mad about, he was doing that to get win percentages at that time. It wasn't a, a match minimum thing, at least in my memory. It was out there, hey, we need to go get win percentages up. You have to have at least a, uh, what is it, 70% win percentage to get a spot or an allocation, whatever. And it's the same thing with Real Woods, but except for win percentages because it's this COVID year, he just needed another match. So he goes out there and wrestles the same guy twice. I don't understand how that's not gaming the system more than what Dresser did, but there's not a single negative tweet, at least that I've seen, about this. And I'm not hating on it. I back Dresser when it happened. I'll back Borelli for doing this. But come on. I know Twitter's full of hypocrites and people want to just play favorites and, and you know, Stanford's, uh, you know, what they're going through. I think they should they should be throwing a bone. They're getting freaking, I don't even want to say it on, on air, but the hypocrism or the hypocrites, whatever, is just mind-blowing to me. Dresser gets portrayed as this bad guy all the time, or at least, you know, I'm, 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 I'm always, like, on the defense for him, but... I'm just an Iowa State fan. But to me, there was not anybody who cared about this at all. So are we going to change the rule? You know, the rules are changing, whatever. We're going to change the rule so you can't game the system anymore? Or, I mean, it's a COVID year, so it's probably not going to happen again. But, I mean, are we just we're, – we're some people get a pass, some people don't. That's just life. Okay, the last thing here, PD3 no-showed at Mateo Pelicone, so he went out, wrestled one match, lost, and then didn't show up for the rest of his matches or match. I don't know. I didn't really get to watch Mateo Pelicone, honestly. Uh, one, you know, I had to work all weekend pretty much, and then I tried to spend any minute I can watching the Big Tens and Big Twelves, and I'm a team folk-style guy. I've been a team folk-style guy from the jump. You guys know this. And I've tried to pay attention to this PD3 thing, 
I made the video last week or two weeks ago about where we're at with him. Is he coming back? Is he not? Obviously, he's back. I didn't believe it until he's on the plane, and then whenever he posted a video, like, at the place, he's back. Um, I feel like people didn't talk about it as much. They talked about him not wrestling, but nobody really talked about him coming back, which is kind of a shocker uh, for most people. But I'm, I'm interested to see why he didn't wrestle the final two matches. Did he get injury defaulted? Like, did he, was he injured or something? Um, he doesn't, I don't know if he's got like coaches or something to like have the coach go up and tell whoever. I don't, I don't know. I'm kind of speaking, you know, off the cuff here about this, but did he not have a coach or somebody to go up and tell whoever, UWW, like, hey, he's injured. He's not going to wrestle. Um, did he just not show up? Did he just get there and say, maybe I'm not in as good a shape as I need to be? I'm not going to go out there and, you know, embarrass myself or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out come Olympic team trials what happens with him. It's interesting. I'm still interested in in the story. You know, I want to I want to see how it all plays out for him in the end. He's back to I think he's back to being unattached assassin. I don't know. Uh, I didn't I didn't really look up or do any research on on who he's wrestling for, who his coaches were. I saw he had uh, Ben Provisor. Uh, took a picture with him, but. I don't know. That was interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he shows up at World Teed Trials next month in uh, down in Texas. Uh, anyways, if you guys like this episode, give it a thumbs up. Drop a comment down below. Let me know what you think. I, I'm not mad at anybody who... I know this episode might have seemed like I was coming off a little bit defensive or whatever. I'm not mad at anybody who thinks you know Tom Brands or Terry Brands is a is a clown for or for that or whatever. I'm not mad at anybody who who doesn't think the Real Wood situation is different from the Kevin Dresser situation or or anybody. I'd like to hear you guys' opinions. So drop a comment down below. Let me know what you think. Check out Iron Sharpens Iron Team Camps. Check out Barbarian Apparel in the links down below. Peace, guys.